The Ziggler Show, timeless inspiration from Zig Ziggler that's influenced over 250 million people worldwide, inspiring true performance in your work and life today. Welcome to episode 305 of The Ziggler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, resident brand ambassador and marketing strategist for Ziggler. Today, I have back with me Mike Rodriguez, one of Ziggler's lead sales trainers and speakers. Now, the topic of our show today is prospecting. Before we dive into this and a clip from Zig, if you want to increase your sales skills and your ability to positively influence others, at the end of the show, I'm going to point out some key Ziggler products that can help. Mike and I will talk about those a little bit, but there's nothing more powerful than participating in the teaching with Ziggler. Mike, you just returned from a Ziggler sales boot camp in Orlando. Tell us real quick before we dive into this clip about the boot camp and where you're going to be next. So Kevin, I just got back from Orlando. It was a fantastic event. And the reason I say it's fantastic is I measure the input based on what the audience tells me, right? Mm -hmm. So my goal is always to put on a great show and share information that's relevant that people can take away. But more importantly, we had a fantastic turnout. We had a lot more uh, than we had allocated for. So people are receptive. And that tells me, too, that individuals are wanting to improve their selling skills, which was fantastic. So we had a lot of feedback. It was very interactive. I'm covering core selling strategies that are relevant to the marketplace that allow people to improve. Now, next up for us is we're going to be in Atlanta next week, which is February the 12th. And our goal is to replicate what we did before, make it very interactive, share some key sell strategies and principles that are timeless. And then after Atlanta on the February 12th, we're going to be in Nashville on the 25th of uh, March. And then we're looking at, excuse me, Nashville, February 25th. Then we're going to be in Phoenix, March 25th, and in Seattle on April 22nd. So for those of you who are in those areas, I would encourage you to register now. We do have limited seating, and I say that because the venues, we've wanted to keep to a size that could be in an intimate setting to allow for this interaction that I'm talking about, Kevin. Awesome. Hey, and I appreciate those smaller venues, man. The days of, you know, many thousands of people, it's kind of exciting, but uh, people these days, like myself, want to engage on a personal level. Well, folks, so Ziggler.com forward slash sales boot camp. That's where you can see these upcoming Atlanta, Nashville, Phoenix, Seattle uh, dates. So make sure you check that out. Again, we'll mention it again at the end of the show. Ziggler.com forward slash sales boot camp. Okay, so we go, go ahead. Sales boot camp 2015. Is it really? 2015? Yeah. Well, hey, there you go, folks. Sales boot camp 2015. Now, anywhere you go on Ziggler.com, you should be able to find it under the events. But sales boot camp 2015. Um, okay, well, Mike, so we're going to play this nine-minute clip from Zig on prospect, prospecting, and then we're going to have a discussion. But three points I want to make for, for those of you who are uh, listening, which, by the way, I got to say again, thanks for all the great reviews we've been getting in iTunes, and we continue 
to get higher and higher in the rankings and have more downloads per episode that's putting us in the top percentage of all business podcasts. So I'm, uh, I'm proud to be a part of that. Thank you guys uh, all. Now, a couple things, though, on this clip. Um, you're going to hear Zig talk about everyone is in sales, whether you claim it as a profession or not. And again, sales is about influence, and we all desperately need the ability to influence others in a positive way. So in that frame, this is relevant for everyone to hear. Uh, number two, the principles of effective selling are absolute truth across the board. Zig is one of the masters of the universe in this. And this, this relates to any type of business. Now, with that said, my point number three, you will hear a lot of Zig's teaching. I mean, this is these are clips from him literally on stage. And a lot of it was before this online world that we are all used to now. Now, we're going to cover how the same effective prospecting and sales skills do work online. Now, I'm not saying that we're going to sit here and just this is an online focus, but we're going to say how this does relate to this online world where even the brick and mortar storefronts these days have their primary or their initial storefront for most people online. Okay. So I just want to put out uh, that as a premise. Okay. Here then is nine minutes of classic zig on prospecting. One of the ongoing debates at every sales get-together, meaning when two salespeople start talking, is what is the most important part of the selling process? The reality is, if you can't handle all phases of the sales process, you will not sell enough to stay in the profession. However, regardless of how good your closing skills, your product, your ability to handle objections, your presentation, or your skills at determining wants and needs, if you don't have a prospect, you're out of business. The consensus among the outstanding salespeople and sales trainers is almost unanimous. Prospecting is the most important key to sales success. Well, what is a prospect? A prospect is an individual or group capable of making the decision on the product or service the salesperson is selling. There is obviously a difference between a prospect and a suspect. A suspect is a name that could be a prospect. So the name, any name, offers hope. But unless that hope has a solid foundation, then we only have a suspect. A prospect has a need for the product, a possible desire to own that product, and the financial capacity to implement that decision. You spend time with suspect. You invest time with prospects. So the question becomes, when do people prospect? The answer is all the time. Prospecting is not an eight-to-five job. Prospecting, when done graciously, can be done in virtually any environment, including social situations, on an airplane, in an airport, at a luncheon, a club meeting, or wherever people are present. Once again, the best paying hard work in the world is selling, and the poorest paying easy work in the world is selling. Our chosen field is not an industry that allows us to coast. When you get in the business of professional selling, or more importantly, when the business gets in you, you will discover that prospecting is not a chore. It is truly an exciting opportunity for success. My friend Calvert Robert has a little phrase. You gotta circulate before you can percolate. <laughs> 
How true it is. There's no denying the fact that activity in the world of sales is critical. You do need to be making contacts and calls. The alert salesperson is constantly in the state of awareness with eyes and ears open for business. In the minds of most people, COD stands for cash on delivery. But in the world of prospecting, COD has an entirely different meaning. The C stands for communication. This means that every time you communicate with anybody who remotely resembles a prospect or one who might know a prospect, in some way you communicate the business you're in and your interest in sharing the excitement of what you have to offer with the prospect. The O stands for observation. You watch and listen to what's going on around you, whether it's in an elevator, on a bus, in a crowded store, at a club, or social gathering. The D stands for dedication. You need to be dedicated to the concept of making the contacts and getting those references. Now, let's do a more detailed analysis on COD and see what we can learn about finding more prospects. One of the keys in prospecting is to always remember that the person with whom you've already established a relationship is probably your best prospect for additional goods, products, or services. If you represent a company which has an extensive line of products, or if they've come out with new items, you certainly want to offer them to your customers. You've already covered the basic obstacles in the sales process. You've built a relationship. Develop confidence and rapport. Establish the fact that you're a person who can be trusted and convince the prospect that what you offer has value. Under these circumstances, it's natural that these customers are your best prospects to sell additional items. Suppose you're brand new. You picked up these tapes and your sample kit all on the same day and you don't even have prospect number one. Where do you start? Answer. You begin by opening your eyes and observing everything around you. You will notice that in your office there are customer files with which you can begin working. Chances are excellent that your trainer and your company will be not only willing but anxious to share this information with you so you can start making those contacts on the service and referral concept as your beginning point. To be successful, you must understand the sin of the desert. An individual who knows where the water is in the desert, but will not share the information with others is committing the sin of the desert. The successful salesperson learns to feel that a customer who is completely sold on the product, but will not share the names of other prospects for the product they are purchasing is guilty of the sin of the desert. The sin of the desert for the sales professional is not actively prospecting every day and especially with the people for whom you make presentations. Selling is a transference of feeling and to transfer feeling you must have strong feelings. Once you truly believe in the sin of the desert as a salesperson, you will be infinitely more capable of persuading your customers and prospects that they in turn should refer you to other people who will benefit from your goods our services. Whether beginning or experienced, professional salespeople use a technique known as eagle eye prospecting. By carrying a tape recorder as you drive around, you can easily and safely record the names and addresses when you cite possible prospects. 
billboards, storefronts, auto advertising, anything that looks like a legitimate prospect can be recorded. Are you practicing your powers of observation? You will notice that many professional salespeople are very much involved with their community. This includes those sales pros like the architects, CPAs, merchants, motel managers, doctors, teachers, and others who realize the importance of selling skills in what is traditionally perceived as a non-selling role. Dave Leniger, the founder of Remax, is a firm believer that salespeople should get involved in civic activities. However, Dave stresses that the objective you have in joining worthwhile civic organizations should be service-oriented. He feels that if your major objective in joining the organization is to market to the membership, it is probably going to alienate many of the people you want to influence. I concur with that assessment because, in essence, that has to do with manipulation and not motivation. If you're in the group, organization, or club with a what's-in-it-for-me attitude rather than a what-can-I-do-to-help attitude, you're doing the group and yourself a great disservice. If you love the city you work in and want to give something back to your community and help make it better, you should get involved. Dave points out that your spirit and attitude will make a favorable impression on the people you're with and, as a result, friendships will develop and the members will want to do business with you. Pressure selling, where we must make the sale to survive, is often caused by lack of prospects. If you're making a call on your last prospect, the feeling you transfer is one of desperation and personal need and not value for your product or service. Add to this the fact that if you don't sell this prospect, you're out of business. That is enormous pressure and it will cripple and eventually kill any sales career. Now that we know how to find those willing buyers, we probably should have something to say to them and a way to say it. Okay, folks. So, man, it's a lot of meat in there. So, uh, Mike and I are going to dive into some of the pieces here. The first thing I wanted to hit on, though, Mike, is I know, and again, talking about especially, I think, this online world. I mean, it's one thing if you have a brick-and-mortar restaurant or a dry-cleaning business or something, and you put it on Main Street, literally, physically on a street in America, location, location, location. So can you build that and attract some people just by that? Sure. That is a very, very, very small percentage of the businesses, the immense amount of businesses that are happening uh, today that, again, a lot of them are online. And when that, you know, Field of Dreams was that old classic movie, Kevin Costner, you know, build it and they will come. And that was a great fantasy here, but a lot of people treat their business like that, and it is absolutely false. Yeah, you, you build it, and uh, unless uh, it is literal brick and mortar on Main Street, nobody is going to come. It's going to sit there empty, and that's very passive uh, way to look at it. You can build it and it's going to go empty unless you get out there and sell. So in there, as you're out here teaching people, do you find that yeah, a lot of them are kind of falling into this passivity aspect in their business? Oh, most certainly. I, and I think that's one of the most challenging factors that we face because when we look at sales as a whole, one of the common questions I get, Kevin, is is how do I close more sales more often? And what we find is people are working with a handful of prospects that they typically come to them. 
So when you look at the market and the way the market is today and how the market was five years ago, one of the things that you start to learn is not only has the market changed, but the way people buy has changed, the way people shop has changed. So if you're in sales and you're waiting for people to come to you, we call that a farming mentality. Uh-huh. Now, there are salespeople who manage or maintain an account base, and this, this might be relevant to you, but what we're talking about for the sake of this are those individuals who have prospects that they have to generate and find to grow their business. You have to utilize the resources that are available to you, and you have to adjust to the marketing trend. So that means you have to effectively use social media. That means you have to be able to come up with a creative approach. One of the things that I often say, and and I cover this not only in the boot camp, but in one-on-one coaching, is when you're approaching people, everybody's running their business today, right? Everybody's excited and they have to do what they have to do. And so in sales, your job is to generate an interest. And the way we do that is by utilizing all the resources we have available, by staying relevant, but also getting people when we approach them to say, hmm, H-M-M-M, hmm. This could be a potential value to me, right? So, for example, you're running your business all day long, and if you're getting a sales call and I'm approaching you in an ineffective way, I'm going to get an ineffective response. So, yes, it's important for us to be able to not just pick up the phone, but utilize all of the resources that are available to understand our target market, who our key contacts are, to learn a little bit about the business, where their locations are, what their niche points are and to understand a little bit about their buying habits and motives and pains. So when we approach them, we're doing it in a way that's going to be more effective and relevant, not to me generating a sell, but to be able to find out what's relevant to my prospects. So if I'm approaching Kevin, it's, Kevin, this is what I understand about your business. And now I can ask questions that are going to cause you to be engaged with work walking through a sales process with me. Well, so I, I hear a couple things in there. One being that, you know, when we look at sales, again, the foundational principles are the same, but due to the ever-shifting marketplace, the delivery methods become different. And we've got to grow and evolve with those. You also mentioned social media, which for those of you listening, uh, we're going we're gonna to hit a little bit on that in just a, a second. Okay, another point here, Mike. So Zig's talking about, and I know you know well, sales is a process, not an event. And then he goes on to say prospecting is the most important key to the sales prospect. But I could not help but think of the age-old portrayal of a, a guy at the bar, you know, approach, approaching a woman and asking for her number or, to, or a dance or a date. And to me, that's a perfect example of treating sales like an event as opposed to this process. I mean, you know that that's jumping right to the close and it doesn't work, which is why we all laugh at the, you know, you get shot down and they put that in every other movie, it seems like. Or, and now this was interesting to me as I was thinking about it, or if it does work, it's probably because you found that one desperate soul out there who's probably (laughs) not making a wise decision themselves. True? Right. Well, that's very true. And so the example that I give with that So let's talk about sales as a process and not an event, Mm -hmm. and and that is so true. When you talk about foundational principles, and at the sales boot camp, we talk about this. Sales is a process, meaning you're not going to approach somebody and say, will you buy my product, and get them to say yes. Now, somebody may do that if they have a specific need or a pain, and the timing has to be right that you happen to solve that at the time. The challenge you fall into with that is you now get a validation that, hey, I can sell effectively like this. I call that an exception, not a standard. 
So in sales, we never manage our sales process to exceptions standards, meaning if I closed an opportunity nine months ago because I used one tactic or strategy and it worked, that doesn't necessarily mean that's going to work all the time. But I often compare, Kevin, sales to dating. So, for example, you know, my wife, we've been married for 23 years now. I know you've been married for a while and have kids, so me too. But, you know, when I saw her, I fell in love. But at the same time, it wouldn't have been relevant for me to walk up and say, hey, would you marry me? You know why? There was no value that was built. Yeah. So when you look at the foundational element of sales, sales is built on a couple of things. Number one, people have to like you and they have to trust you. And they don't believe what you say or what they see. They believe all of that based on liking and trusting. And here's the key. That stuff takes time just like it does in a relationship. So when we teach sales as a process, not an event, here's what you can take away. When you're dating, you have a first date. The purpose of the first date is for me to get to know you, for you to get to know me, and to see if there are some core values that align that are going to allow us to go to the next step. When you look at a sales process, that's part of the process. And when you understand, I'm not going to close too soon because that puts too much pressure on my prospect. And so when I understand that my first call is going to be a discovery call, now when I'm prospecting, I can understand what my objective in prospecting is. My objective in prospecting is not to close immediately. Right. Now, long term, I'm going to earn the right to ask you for your business, but it is a process that we're going to go through together. And it starts with that whole prospecting like you talked about. Okay. All right. Well, as we often do in these, uh, in these shows, I'm going to veer off just for a second and we're going to get, we're going to get personal here because you mentioned something, uh, <laughs> a couple things you mentioned. One, you said you, you mentioned the word strategy and tactic, which, you know, those, especially those who don't view themselves as being in the sales profession, well, they can kind of shy away from that because it feels unauthentic. So I'm going to bring it. You mentioned a, uh, you know, marital relationship in there. So let me, let me take that aspect of strategy and tactics and, and talk about them. You know, some of those are just carrying rules. Okay, and I'm just going off the cuff here, Mike, as you're talking, and it's making me think. You know, when, when my wife, and you'll, you'll understand this, when my wife shares a frustration, uh, something she's upset about, I have learned that it's a nice caring rule not to jump in and fix that sucker, which is what I want to do. Instead, to understand for a minute, take a moment and empathize with her and understand. Then she is receptive to the possibility of fixing if she wants me to do that. Okay, so we all, anybody in marriage who's studied a little bit, we, we know that. Well, so Mike, I'm going to say what you're sharing there with strategies and tactics and sales, that's what we're talking about. It's just personal relationship skills that make people open and accepting to what we have to offer. And I, I just really don't want people to shy away from that strategy tactic perspective. Does that sound fair? Yeah, absolutely. And listen, for salespeople listening today, it's important for you to understand the difference between a strategy and a tactic. And let me clarify what that is. And when I say tactic, sometimes, Kevin, that comes across as a bad word because I'll have people say, what is a good tactic for me to use? Now, remember, in sales, manipulation is never involved because when people ask me, how do I get somebody to do something I don't want to do? And I say, well, that's manipulation and not selling. And so sales, we never want to focus on that. So when we use the word tactic versus a strategy, this is what I share with people. Strategy is what happens from the neck up. In other words, it's our thoughts and our plans for the approach. So if we have a lot of strategy with no tactic, and, and let me clarify, tactic is what happens from the neck down. It's our movement, our implementation. 
So when I have a lot of strategy without tactic, I have a big head, a lot of thoughts, a lot going on. If I have a lot of tactic without strategy, that means that I have big feet, a lot of movement without thought behind it. So when you take that core word, which is thought, when I'm looking at prospecting, when I'm looking at my, my, the individuals, and when I see individuals, individuals build companies. So when I'm putting thought and heart and being genuine into the people that I approach, that's the first step in building that relationship. So yes, my strategy is, is thinking about how ways that I can work with you to align myself with the end result being providing a solution that's going to meet your need. So like you said, when my wife, just like yours, has a challenge, my immediate reaction is to work to resolve it. What my immediate response should be, because response is positive, reaction is negative, should be understanding what it is that's going on in her mind to see if I can provide the right solution that is relevant to her needs, not mine. Okay, and that brings us right into our next point, though. Again, I, I do I, – I, I hear what you're, you're saying, and it made me think of somebody playing, going after, deciding to play tennis or golf, and they may have strong arms great eye-hand coordination, natural athletic gifting. And yet we all know, anybody who knows tennis or golf, if you don't go pay attention to your form, correct form to begin with, you are going to fail horribly, which is a tragedy because you've got something great you could offer. And, and so much of what I hear you talking about, Mike, is you have to just refine your form so that you can do it well, so you can serve someone well with your awesome product, service, message, uh, and intent. That's so powerful. Well, so on that aspect of uh, suspects and, and yeah. prospects, as it talks about as well, and not to belabor the uh, guy at the bar scene type thing, but you know, he looks at that girl as a suspect. She may not be a prospect, though. And I love how Zig breaks it down. He says a prospect has a need for the product, number one. Number two, has a possible desire to own that product. And number three, has the financial capacity to implement that decision. So it made me, Mike, think of some of our dear friends who are in direct selling, often known as network marketing, uh, multi-level marketing, which is a very incredibly great, viable business model. However, as we all know, it has gotten significantly uh, diluted and tarnished in some degrees, because people have been taught within it that everyone is a prospect, everyone. And if they don't need the product or service, then they need the business opportunity. And that is a tragedy. It's absolutely wrong and absolutely against exactly what you at Ziegler teach. Talk a little bit on that. Well, and, and it's so true. And here's the thing in sales, you know, sales, sales is hard. The selling profession is a noble profession. I, I love being a sales salesman. I've been a salesman all my life. And by the way, I, I carry the title of a salesman and a sales trainer. But as you mentioned earlier, and it's important for everyone to understand, is that we're all in sales. Now, with that being said, as you mentioned, not everybody is going to be a prospect. And, and why, this is why it's important to understand. Because if, if, if I, I have, there's two components. Number one, I have to believe that everybody can benefit from my product right? I have to believe in my product that it has value. Uh -huh. Well, now that's a very different thing than believing that everybody has to have it because that's when you start separating what you're talking about between a suspect and a prospect. So when you start talking about the process of selling and understanding, it, it keeps my mental game intact because if I'm approaching everybody with the belief that I can help them, but understanding that I have to clarify and qualify 
who indeed is separating the suspects who are individuals, and I'll use sales terminology, who aren't necessarily qualified, meaning there's really not a need, right? After training one time, I had somebody walk up and said, Mike, you're a really good sales trainer. You could probably sell ice cubes to Eskimos. Well, Kevin, an Eskimo would have no need for ice cubes. That's manipulation. So in that case, an, an, an Eskimo, to me, if I was selling ice cubes, would be a suspect. And that's that's probably a very basic example. So that's why it's important that you fit all of these pieces to the puzzle and say, listen, my job, number one, starts with my belief in my product, and I have a moral obligation to sell it. Number two, I have to believe that so I can be genuine, have confidence. Mm-hmm. Secondly, when I sit down to, to, to share my information with somebody out of respect for their time and mine, I have to make sure that I'm asking the right questions so they say, hmm, either two things are going to happen. Throughout that process, we're going to determine – that they have the need, that it is a fit, that they have the capacity to purchase it, and I can solve a need, or we're going to find out that we're not. Now, here's the catch. See, true salesmanship is this, where I can sit down with you after a first meeting where you're a qualified buyer or you're a qualified impact decision maker, and through that first meeting, I might be able to gather data and say, you know, Kevin, I appreciate you investing your time with me today, but based on what you've shared with me today, this doesn't look like it's going to be a fit. Right. Now, as salespeople, we have a difficult time saying that. You know why? Because we want to get that sale. <laughs> we want to get that sale. <laughs> and and yeah. in that case, who's that about? Me or you? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's about me, and that's yeah. not what selling's about. Now, see, here's the benefit. I just brought this up in, in training in Orlando. When I have the ability to sit down with somebody and say, Kevin, what you're looking for, I can't provide today. But when I'm building my network, because we're talking about how people buy and prospecting, because building a network is prospecting, and I can say, well, Kevin, with your permission, I want to be able to refer you to somebody that I believe can help you out. See, that's going to take pressure off me. It's going to take pressure off you. And I'm not saying to walk away from sales, guys. What I'm saying is sometimes when it's not a fit as a true professional, you're either qualifying that that individual has the ability to match and line up. That's called value. When people see value, they buy. When they don't, they're not going to buy. That's how we get in challenges. But when I can, if I can't help you out to be able to refer you to somebody in my network who can, two things happen, Kevin. Number one, how are you going to feel when I say, Kevin, would it be okay if I refer somebody to you that I feel confident that can't help you out? How do you feel about that? Awesome. And then secondly, when I call up my networking buddy and say, hey, Tom, Joe, there's a, there's, there's a prospect that I'm working with now for that I believe is qualified for you as a prospect. For me, they're not lined. A couple things. Number one, the individual that I'm working with is going to approach you with care. Why? Because they're a referral. They have a vested interest. And secondly, once that relationship is brought together and sealed, you're going to feel good about it towards me, which means I'm planting good seeds. And secondly, my referral is going to feel good. So that is true selling. When everybody walks away with a win-win situation. Well, and, and man, you're giving such good stuff. And I want to point out for everybody listening, I mean, we're hitting some highlights here. I mean, and we, and we are, I mean, this is the point of, if you want to master this, if you want to grow in your ability to influence the sell, uh, you're going to need to do more work, which again, we'll talk in a minute about some of the Ziggler products, but yeah, we are talking about this sales boot camp, which you can get at Ziggler.com forward slash sales bootcamp, 2015, two zero one five. Um, 
Now, and a couple of things, you know, when we're talking about strategies and tactics, you're so good about using my name. And I want folks to hear that. How many times does Mike, listen to when he talks, he says my name, Kevin, he's talking directly to me. We're watching each other on Skype video right now, literally. That's something that he's learned to do. That's a great, yeah, call that a tactic, a strategy. People like to hear their name. Those are things that are totally authentic, but we need to learn the form. But a couple, another thing that you talked about uh, there in relating what Zig you know, said in qualifying somebody as to whether they are a prospect or not. We would, okay, we're sitting here right now talking about sales and influence. I don't think anybody who is listening does not need this. So we would say they're a prospect because they need this this product. I think they'll benefit from it. The third one, the, do they have the financial capacity to implement that decision? Well, they can go to one of your sales boot camps for 99 bucks. Most people could do that if they want to. So often we're talking about this middle one, a possible desire to own that product. And it really drew me back to Zig. I mean, he spent so much of his time trying to increase people's desire through inspiration. Would you, and uh, it's got to be a heart of what we often do because we see somebody who we know needs the product. It would help them. And they probably have the ability to do it, the financial capacity. We're dealing with desire and is a lot, would you say a majority of the aspect of sales training is helping people discover the desire for something that they probably do need. Most importantly, well, there's two desires. Your desire first starts with you. So we say at Ziegler, Kevin, you have to be before you can do, meaning I have to be, I have to believe in who it is that I want to believe because Zig taught us that you cannot perform in a manner that's inconsistent with how you see yourself. Mm. So if you say I'm not a top performer, then you won't be. So yes, that belief starts with you, that desire inside to say, look, I'm ready to improve. I've identified and I now know what I don't know and I need to learn it. Do you know why we've made this investment at $99, Kevin? No. We've made it so anybody who's been thinking about it can can jump on it. It's an investment in yourself. So if you look at what you're spending on on coffee or other investing in your, your caffeine habits or those types of things, what we're asking you to do is to say, look, and, and I share this at boot camps. I really, I, I, I work at the heart because I love helping people. And so most of us know what we're doing on the weekend, right? Or what we're doing even next weekend. But when I ask salespeople, what are you doing next week? Most of them say, well, I'm not really sure. We call that a wandering generality. So what we're asking you to do is look inside, find the desire, make the investment in your work, which after all finances what you do on the weekend. How sensible does that make, right? Mm-hmm. So make the investment, learn some things. You're going to get excited. And when you do, you're going to be able to view things a little bit differently. You're going to be able to fine-tune how you're interacting with your clients so you can learn from what you're, what the base you have that you can build on and be able to take your sales to the next level. Okay, and I want to, I want to make uh, – uh, I want to just touch on social media, though I also realize I forgot to mention that at these sales boot camps, the day before – Tom Ziegler is present at these locations uh, talking on the Ziegler keys to top performance. And he actually opens up uh, your day of the sales boot camp. So I just want to put that out there for folks that this is uh, you get some big guns at this $99 event. Okay. Social media, any business right now, we would say they need to be involved in social media. However, the thing that I see in the people that I work so much with Mike is that they often expect that social media, they build it. You know, they get a website, they have a product out there. 
uh, or even a brick and mortar, but they've you know got a website and they start doing social media. They're they're blogging. They're on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever, and they expect that to generate prospects for them. And I don't generally see that happening. Going out and getting a prospect is in essence going out and gathering, going out and touching people that do not know you. Social media, folks, the the primary benefit of social media is nurturing those relationships that you have gone out and gathered. It's it's a warming to finally get to the close. And and Mike, I Give me your input on there. I, I see a lot of people expect that just the participation in social media is going to go out there and gain them all this this new business and, and inquiries. And for the most part, it doesn't work that way. What do you think? Well, I agree with you 100%. And let me tell you why. Everything that you just described is a tool. It's a resource that's mm-hmm. available. And those tools need to be used. For example, if I'm a carpenter and I have a, a spectacular set of tools, but I'm only using my hammer and my saw, I'm going to be limited in my results. And so that's why we have tools that are available. A website is a marketing tool, but if I'm not using that to my right advantage, and if I'm not using some of these other social media pieces like like LinkedIn and, and Instagram and, and whatever you have out there to your benefit, if we put them out there, we're basically just, that. that's not a strategy. So we talked about strategy. That's basically what we're doing is we're waiting and we're hoping. And in sales, what we have to find is that we lead, and we lead by taking action. So if you want to have success in your business, you have to be able to to get on email, and you have to get on the phone, and you have to be able to get out in the marketplace. And when you're talking to people, because prospecting is not just at a specific time. It's a 24-hour day thing. When I travel, you talk about you know being at an airport mm-hmm. and at a restaurant lunch. I'm prospecting all the time talking to people. What do you do? Why do you do it? What's your role? Who's involved with this in your organization? This is what we do. And I'm asking questions to learn, and I'm sharing information based on what they share back with me to generate a hmm. And I can tell you that about 70% of the time, people say, wow, that's really interesting. And then I say, with the permission, do you mind if I use your name when I reach out to this person? Okay. All right. Hey, I, we're nearing the end of our time here, Mike. I want to hit on one more aspect here and we've, we've, we've been hitting on it somewhat, but in the clip that we just heard from Zig, he says the person you've already established a relationship with is often your best prospect, which so many people, most people are not comfortable with the idea of walking up to a stranger uh, or cold calling or things like that. That's what Zig is talking about here. You know, getting involved with your target market is so key. So Gary Vaynerchuk, a lot of people know him. He was uh, came to fame with uh, WineLibrary.tv, and he went on. He was a social media rock star. He went on, wrote a book called Crush It. And in there, he's really focusing on, about, on the online business place, and he talks about you go in and you invest in people's lives. You serve them. You give to them before you ask. You earn the right to ask. And ultimately what you do is you earn people's trust. Kind of comes back to that old adage, people don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. And so, Mike, I want, I want you to, to wrap us up in talking on that in the aspect of this is this is something that should be comfortable for you go in and get to know people you're not you don't need to go up and cold call and and sell to strangers for the most part i mean there are some aspects for that but talk a little bit about getting to know just establishing relationships 
Well, Kevin, you know, you, you said the phrase, um, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, and Zig added, about them. Mm. And the reason that's important is because we have this idea in sales that when I walk up and I continue to talk and tell you about me and talk about how great I am, then what's going to happen is you don't have the opportunity to get to like me or trust me because you're already creating an opinion about all everything that I'm sharing. So when we talk about selling being a process, not an event, and understanding that an initial conversation starts off with just me getting to understand and understand and like and know you as a person, that's how that relationship starts off. And it is about understanding the client, and it is understanding about the client's needs. And what I tell people is these four words. It's not about you as a salesperson. So feel comfortable and start Start The reason most of us feel uncomfortable is because we feel like we have to push somebody to do something that they don't want to do. And guess what? That's uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you, when you look at it from the perspective of my job is to be able to provide, first of all, I have a product that I believe in, and I have to be able to work with somebody and provide a solution that's going to resolve a need, a pain, or a want in their life. And that starts off with, with the general conversation about, Kevin, First of all, thank you for investing time in meeting with me today. What was the main thing that prompted you to meet with me? And I can start understanding instead of using these these hardcore and ineffective sales tactics like, Kevin, if I could provide a discount of 25% today, would you be willing to buy? Well, <laughs> yeah. first of all, th- how does that make you feel? Gag. Yeah, exactly. And as a salesperson, I'm uncomfortable. Uh-huh. And guess what, guys? That's not selling. So yeah, when we take it back to take an approach of caring about people about asking questions, about learning about business. And just like dating, you're going to find that it's not going to be a fit all the time. And that's okay. There's a lot of people in the world. There's a lot of businesses out there. And when you take your time, when you lead with your heart, and when you lead with need, and not yours, but your prospect's need, and you make sure they're a prospect, you're going to close more sales more often. Man, that, that's huge. That is found. If, if anybody, if you didn't take away anything else uh, but that, you would have spent a good 30 minutes here with us, that it is about caring about that other person's need. You've got to do that. And in that, how can we not be comfortable with that? Because I, again, man, I see so many people violate that. They say, I do care about you. I do care about those people. They need this product. It'll help them. Right, but you haven't built trust yet, and you're not being sensitive to their needs because right now they are not open to you, brother. So, uh, man, people hear this. Hear Mike. So, again, I encourage you strongly, if you can come to one of these events, let me scroll back up here to my list. Mike is going to be here in the coming 30, 60 days, Atlanta, Nashville, Phoenix, Seattle for 99 bucks. You can spend a complete day with him at the sales bootcamp. Again, you can see that at Ziggler.com forward slash sales bootcamp 2015. Now, Mike, let's, I want to wrap up. Just give these folks your favored Ziggler products. If they can go to Ziggler.com, go to the products page right there and buy a book, a CD, a DVD. Give them your, your favorite uh, sales products that they can get in hand right now if they want. Well, I'll tell you, one of, one of the, the critical components of selling is, is, is closing. And, and when we go through the process, a lot of times we get to the very end and, and it's uncomfortable for not only the salesperson, but they make it uncomfortable. But one of the products that we have at every sales boot camp is Secrets of Closing the Cell, and it's it really impacted my life. It shares with you some strategies and tactics to be able to utilize with people. They can go to Ziggler right now. In fact, there's so many products on there that I can love with, so it's difficult for me to say pick one, but I can tell you I know that 
I specifically picked that set up to bring it up, bring it up there as well as strategies for success. Um, you can also find my book, Eight Keys to Exceptional Selling, which is available at the boot camp and online. But the goal is this, whatever Ziegler information you read, remember, it's an investment of yourself. So the $99, it's not going to impact your finances today, but the content will change your life. And so that's the key part that you're talking about, Kevin, is making an investment. You are who you are and where you are and what you are because of what you put in your mind. And you can change who you are and where you are and what you are by changing what goes into your mind. And you do that by putting the good stuff from these material we talked about and investing in this boot camp, which is essentially an investment in your life and in your career. Man, Mike, thank you for being an example. Thanks for leading with your heart and your care. I love that. That's what I love about Ziegler is the people involved. And uh, folks, you will be inspired not only by just the content at these events, but just by being, uh, if I can say it as humbly as possible, in the presence of Mike, of a guy who cares and knows the value of Ziegler. So, uh, Mike, thanks, brother, for your time. I appreciate it. For everybody else, thanks for listening. If this can benefit somebody else, I'd really encourage you to pass it on to them. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back with you next week. Thanks for tuning in to The Ziegler Show. Sign up for new show alerts at ZieglerShow.com. You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want.